ladies, welcome. Erev Shabbat. It is a parashah class, so we have to uh, commit ourselves to something from the parashah. We're learning Shofetim. I'm also well aware that we're in the month of Elul, and as the weeks progress, we're getting closer to Rosh Hashanah, and I don't believe that we should neglect that either. So we need to somehow link the perasha and somehow find some allusion to Elul in it, if possible. My contract doesn't obligate me to connect. My contract says I can either speak about the perasha or Elul. But because I'm a generous man, and I'm known to do more than uh, is asked from me from my contract, so therefore I'll attempt, I'll attempt to do both. Let's get to the uh, to the perasha first. There's a lot of mitzvot in the perasha, but the one that I chose to talk about is in chapter Yud Zayin. It's 17, pasuk vav, 17:6. If you have Hamashim in front of you, so here the Torah is talking about witnesses. You know, the Torah has a system that if you need to uh, prove something, it's got to be done by witnesses. And the Torah tells us that the bare uh, minimum amount of witnesses to create a, a legitimate case against somebody is two. Two witnesses. And the Pasuk says, Al edim. And then the Pasuk says, Oshlosha edim. So the Torah says, either two or three witnesses. Now that should cause you a big problem. If two witnesses are enough, well obviously more is not less. Three witnesses of course is better. Four or five. You don't have to tell me that two or three witnesses. Just tell me two. Once I know the minimum threshold for testimony is two witnesses, automatically I'll know two plus is uh, certainly accepted. So why, was, why does the Torah have to go out of its way to tell me, Alpi shenaim edim o shlosha edim? That's the question I'm asking on the parasha. In the men's class this morning, we spent a lot of time with the, with the technical stuff. I don't want to take your time on that. It's not for the, you know, not for the ladies. I'm going to confuse you in my own way, in a different way. So, we introduce to you what the Gemara has to say about this Pasuk. Because the Gemara talks about this. It's a, sometimes the question is so strong that you need to bring in the Talmudists in order for them to tell us how to learn a Pasuk in the Torah. So, I have a copy. I have a copy of the text from the Talmud. It's in the Gemara Makot. On page five, I'm reading. It's a Mishnah. Al pi shenayim edim o shlosha edim yumatamet im mitkayemet ha'edut b'shnayim. Lama parat akatuv b'shlosha? If the Torah tells us that two witnesses are enough, so why does it have to tell me three? Of course, three should be good, and four definitely, and five also, and a hundred better. So the Mishnah over here quotes 
an opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Listen good. We are lucky today that we're going to talk about the teaching of Rabbi Akiva. It's important to know who's saying these statements. Rabbi Akiva is one of the greatest rabbis of all time. He started his career a little late. He got a little uh, uh, a low uh, or, you know, delay. He, he entered the, uh, the kindergarten at 40. So that shows his hope for us. At 40 years old, they had to teach him Aleph bit. And he eventually graduated and he became the biggest Rosh Hashiv of his time. Anyway, the Akiva says, I'm going to tell you what the Pasuk's talking about. Says, It means to say it's like this. <clears throat> Let's say you have two witnesses that came along and said, you know, uh, so-and-so is a murderer. Okay. And two other witnesses then come and disprove them. They say, how did you testify? You weren't in Chicago, you were in uh, Atlanta. We, we saw you in Atlanta on the day of the crime. And therefore, the second witnesses put the first witnesses in a different place. So the first witnesses are now called in Jewish law, Zomimim. These people are false witnesses that were trying to indict an innocent man. They weren't even in the place of the crime. And therefore the Torah says, both these people that had bad intent, we will punish them what they try to do to the, uh, to the person that they testified. So if they were trying to kill that person, the murderer, they were trying to kill him, so they get killed. And we kill the whole group. Rabbi Akiva says, guess what? Let's say you have a group of three witnesses that come. So he says, technically, do we need the third witness? You don't need him. I mean, he's an Erham. Technically, the testimony is already modified with two. But says Rabbi Akiva, you know what the pastor is coming to say? That since he joined them, and he became an accessory to these false witnesses, whatever punishment they get, he's going to get also. Understand what I said? I would have said maybe, hey listen, the third guy could say, hey listen, I'm out. You know, you didn't need me anyway, so you, you, guys, you guys were bonafide without me. So therefore, I'm just an extra guy, you know, I came for the ride. No, 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 no. We call that guilty through association. You decided to join a, a group of uh, false witnesses, whether they needed you or not, that means even if this third guy didn't show up, these two guys uh, would be accepted in Bedin. And since they're false, they're put to a punishment. The third guy does not have the luxury to say, well, listen, you know, anyway, I was the extra guy, so you know, I'm going home. No, you're not going home. You showed up. Once you become an accessory to sinners, you're a sin. You're a sin. You're a sinner yourself. I'm reading the language. The reason why the Torah tells us about the third witness, to be stringent on him. And now Rabbi Akimat learns a general rule from here. And the general rule is so important. What do you learn? What's the takeaway? Most of us are not going to be witnesses. And if we are witnesses, we're not going to be false witnesses. So what's the takeaway from this? A new concept. 
there's a concept of sinners that we know already. As a rabbi, I know it too well. There's Ovre Avera. And then you have people that are accomplices. They are, uh, they, they join in. They're not necessarily the ones that are sinning necessarily, but they are associate to the sin. So the rabbi says, even though you might not have been needed and you might not have been committing the crime, let's say, but since you are part of a group that's doing something wrong, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're guilty. The rabbis taught us a lesson. Woe to the rasha and woe to his neighbor. Because when the rasha goes down, his neighbor's going down with him. Because what are you doing there? Guilty through association. It's a very, very important lesson. And you come up, well, Rabbi, I, I, I went and, and told you were there. You know, the, a few years back, there was a scandal of some sort, and uh, somebody took a picture, and there were some, uh, some guys in the picture, and they came to me and said, Rabbi, I wasn't doing anything when well, you were there. What do you mean, you were there. Yeah, but I, you, you, you weren't the perpetrator. You weren't the one, that, but you were there. What were you doing there in the first place? You knew something wrong was going on over there. You're guilty. Shouldn't have been there. And therefore, you can't come along and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out. You know, I'm, I'm, no. And therefore, Nabi Akiva is teaching us from the third witness. He can't come along and say, well, I'm not, they didn't need me. No, you're part of the group now. Now it's a group, not of two, it's a group of three. And all for one, one for all. Everybody has the same fate. And now you associated with sinners, you're part of it. And that's a great lesson. Because it's coming to tell us over here that you cannot claim innocence if you find yourself in bad company. Whatever's going to happen to bad company, you're liable as well. And the Torah is coming to tell us how important it is to be in good company. Because the Akiva then, he finishes on a good note. I would never leave you on such a sour note. Nabi Akiva comes along and says, Allah hat kama kama. Or the more so. Kama yishalem sakhar. If God punishes the accessory to crime, and that God says guilty through association, then if you associate with good people, you are then innocent by association. If you could be guilty through association, you could be innocent. If you, if you are part of a good group, even though you might not be the leader of the group, and even though you're not really involved in the actions, but you're registered as part of that group. That's who your uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, friends are. That's who your uh, 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 group is. And you're listed as part of the group. So when the group is involved in something, even they say, but, but, but I'll give a simple example. We have a group every year that goes to the matzah bakery to make matzot. We make our own matzot. Don't tell Sandra because then she'll put me in the kitchen. But it's easy to make matzah. There's only two ingredients. You don't have to be a genius to make matzot. Flour and water, that's all it is. Not even yeast. So we make our own matzot. Everybody gets a job. So we have about 10, 15 men. We go to the mat. You clean the bowl. You do the kneading. You do the sifting. You do the rolling. And you do the oven. Everybody gets a job. It happens quite often where a guy comes to the matzah. We be part of it. And there's no more jobs for him. 
And no more job, nothing for them to do. Guess what? He's part of the group. He's part of the group. Even though you might argue and say, but he didn't do anything. Doesn't matter. He, he enlisted. He's part of the group, and therefore he's innocent through association. Just like we didn't need the third witness to make that testimony, but he joined, he's part of a bad group. You joined, even though we didn't need you technically, but Borei Olam says, since you're an accessory to something that's good, you're good. I mean, to me, this is a tremendous concept. So the next time the lady auxiliary calls you to, to join the synagogue's uh, pro, join it. But I'm not, I don't do so much. I'm not about, just be part of it. They're going to do good things. And if you're part of it, if, if they ask you to serve on the, on the yeshiva's committee or, or to do something as a bake sale, and you join the committee, you say, but I didn't do anything too much. Everybody else, it doesn't matter. You're part of it. It's always good to be part of people that are doing proper things that have such a connection. Because God is very generous. It's not business. God doesn't say, well, you did this, you get that. No, the boy now says, it's a group. You're part of the group. All for one, one, four. Everybody's part of the group. You all get, uh, you're all going to get credit. So therefore, your, 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 your peers that you, you're around are going to make a, 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 a big difference. That's the lesson. Now, once we learn this lesson, I bring to your attention You know, we're, we're, you're a product of your environment. I don't have to tell you that. And that's why if you look at the Pesukim, where this lesson is taught, right before this Pesuk of the testimony, it talks about uh, you have a, a man or a woman living in the community, and all of a sudden they have a desire, they go and worship They worship the sun or the moon or all the other things, and they investigate it, and they find out the abomination has been committed. And why is the Torah writing this in this, in this, in this paragraph? It's coming to say, where does a person get to do Abu Dazara? It's because of his friends. Because he was living in a place that was prone to that. The peer pressure brings already a certain uh, 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 movement that causes a person because he was hanging around the wrong people. He was and therefore what ends up happening, he didn't intend to sin, but all of a sudden he finds himself in the same sinkhole as everybody else. He finds himself in the same low place as everybody else, even though he just intended to, you know, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to go to the non-kosher, I'm not eating. Yeah, that's what you say in the beginning, but you're there. When the picture comes out, you're the picture. And therefore, you're part of it. And you can't claim alone. Well, I'm, I'm a son. you're not. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then the next person comes along and says, after the testimony, if a person has a, uh, a, a case that he needs to discuss, he has a question, so what should he do? Let him rise up to Jerusalem. Let him go spend time with the Kohanim, the Leviim. Let him meet the rabbis. And therefore, in between the story of the witnesses, we learn about a person that got sucked into Abu Dazarab because of his peers. And then we read about the antidote. The antidote is go to Jerusalem, stay with the rabbis, talk with the, with the scholars, and that already will bring you to uh, even though yourself, you're not a scholar. This is brought out by a sefer I have over here called Arugota Bosem. Arugota Bosem in Parashat Lech Lecha 
he says something based on what we just learned. I'll read you some of his words. He says, He says quite often, There's a person, He's not so religious. He's not so, he's not so, 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 so wired to learn Torah and keep mitzvot. And even if he does the mitzvot, they're not perfect. And therefore, he's a little uh, uh, lackadaisical. So this guy's in trouble. He says, no. There's a solution for him. How is he going to compensate for his, for his weakness? How is he going to compensate for his handicap? He, for whatever reason, maybe he didn't get the right education. Maybe he didn't have the right upbringing. And therefore, he's not able to serve like everybody else. So he says, does this man have an advice? Well, I'm glad they didn't ask me, because I would say, you're hopeless. They asked me, I said, listen, uh, tough luck. The Arugot Abosim is not as strict as me. He says, no, we got an advice for this guy. And you know what the advice is? Connect yourself to the, connect yourself to the rabbis. Connect yourself to the synagogue. Connect yourself to a good organization. Even if you don't have uh, uh, great accomplishments yourself, if you connect yourself to the tzaddikim, and you have a certain bond with the tzaddik, you have a certain affinity or closeness, or even we could say a friendship with a rabbi, that already connection, you are now connected to good. And what did we learn from the Akiva? That when you're connected to good, you're good. Where the tzaddik goes, he takes you, he takes him with you. Because, now what does it mean you're connected to tzaddik? Well, we, we see this all the time. <clears throat> and the people that come to the synagogue, not the biggest brainiacs, but they come along, and they bring the rabbi a coffee, and they come along, I have one guy in Brooklyn, he always buys me sefarim. He doesn't know how to read the sefarim that he buys me. But he says, it's my honor to buy the rabbi. I want to be part of it. I want to be connected to, to whatever the rabbi is doing over there. Or you have another guy, rabbi, whenever you, you need something like this, please call on me. He's connected. Another guy brings the rabbi a bottle of wine with more Shabbat. What is he trying to do? Uh, trying to get the rabbi drunk, maybe? But <laughs> what, what, what I think he's trying to do is, he's connected. I'm connect- Listen, I want to be connected. That's, that's, that's something I'm involved in. But not such, such the most religious. But he says, once already... Your association is with the tzaddik. I'm not the tzaddik. I'm talking about an example that happens to me, but it's a bad example, obviously. But I'm talking about when a person connects himself to Tamid HaChamim properly, you're in. And he comes up, where do we know it from? From Rabbi Akiva. Shnayim edim, shlosha edim. Rabbi Akiva comes along and says, Kal vahomer shenotnim sachar le'osem mitzvah, le'netfal le'osem mitzvah, ke'osem mitzvah. And therefore, the lesson of testimony is a great lesson of life. You don't have to be the tzaddik or the hakam. What the Torah says, you have to be connected to it. Uh, it's a, be part of the congregation. Be part of things that are good. Because in Shamayim, they look at the list. They look at the list. They don't only look at... Who's doing what? A part of it. I pay my membership. Uh, 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 when they, in 120 years, they're going to ask you a big question. And it's going to be a matter of life and death, this question. 
who's your rabbi? And most people, after they graduate high school, they'll say, well, that's it, I don't, I don't need a rabbi. What do I need a rabbi for? And they're going to say, well, you have a lawyer, don't you? Of course. You have a stockbroker? I'm two of them. You have a doctor? Absolutely. You have an accountant? Absolutely. But who's your rabbi? You're not connected to... No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a need for it. What's the purpose? No, no, I graduated. No more pencils, no more books. I'm on my own. Beautiful. That's exactly the point. You're on your own. Now already you cannot... Bishlama, if you were connected to tzaddikim, it's okay, so they go to the tzaddik, is he with you? Yeah, every uh, so often he calls, he visits, he brings a gift, he comes in, and, and uh, he's not the biggest tzaddik, agreed, but uh, he's part of my, uh, he's on my radar. He's on the radar of the rabbi, that's it, you're with the rabbi, finished. That's called nitfal nitvar mitzvah. I cannot tell you how important it is for every Jew, for every family member, to have some association with tzaddikim or religious people or, or something that, that, that's important. It, it, it's their, what do I want to say? It's their lifesaver. It's, it's their, and I, I hate to use these words because then it looks like I'm telling you you could get away by being delinquent and then you say, oh, I'm, I'm the rabbi's friend, he'll get me in. Which Syrians like to do that. But we're not talking about that where you're using your connection to therefore to be a, 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 a deadbeat. And, uh, you know, ask the rabbi, he'll tell you. Look at all those, uh, look at all those times I, uh, I helped him out. Uh, no. We're talking about when a person does his best, but he's still, he's not, he's not the tzaddik, he's not a hakam, but he wants to be on that level. So therefore, nitfal nitvar mitzvah. That's what we're talking. It's not, it's, it's, it's. So the rabbi says something beautiful. There's a pasuk at I don't know if you know this pasuk. The men say it every Shabbat. Edut Adonai Ne'emana Mahkimat Peti. That's it, not the Pasuk. Yeshiva, we sing it. Edut Hashem Ne'emana. That's a song we sing it. What does it mean? Edut Hashem. The testimony of God makes the fool smart. <laughs> what is it talking about? Says the Rab. From the law of testimony, from Edut Hashem, what do we learn? that the accessory to evil is considered evil and the accessory to good is considered good and therefore edut Hashem from the testimony of God, from the rule of testimony, it makes even the fool smart. How does mahkimat peti, how does the peti become akam From edut Hashem. Because we learn from here that if you connect yourself to tzaddikim, you're part of the tzaddikim. But if even the peti now has a has a, 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 an escape route. The petty becomes a hakam. How? What bomb? What's the lesson we learn from Edut Hashem? From Edut, the laws of Edut. Shtayim Edim, Shlosha Edim, that's Edut. What did we learn from the laws of Edut? We just said, even though the third guy wasn't necessary, but he joined, guilty. And the Rabbi Akiva taught us, and the fellow that that's, joins a good group, even though he's not the biggest uh, hakam, he's part of a good group, we stamp him, good. And therefore, edut Hashem, from the law of edut, from the law of testimony, shnayim edim, edim, mahkimat peti. It makes even the peti a hakam. It makes even the one that's not so refined and so uh, uh, observant, he becomes a hakam as well through association. Now, I go even to the next step. Now, we're, we're getting to the point. I'll let you know when you start to have to pay attention. <laughs> no, this is good introductions, don't get me wrong. But we're getting to, to, to the main point. It's coming. It's coming. 
There was a rabbi called Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is known for his dirashot. I mean, he said some of the most earth-shattering dirashot that even his colleagues did not have the courage to say. He said it. One of the blockbusters of Rabbi Akiva was when he said the dirashah on the word it. See, there's a word in the Torah called it. Aleph taf, it. How would I explain the word it? It's, a, it's an auxiliary word. It's like, how do you explain the word, uh, you know, and? Uh, it's a word, you put it in there and fits, but it's an auxiliary word. But the Akiva said that any time it says the word it in the Torah, it must be coming to include something. There's no extra words. So any time the word it is written next to something, you have to say it's not only talking about the something, but it's something plus. It. So he got to a pasuk. The pasuk says, Et Hashem. Whoa, stop right there. Et Hashem. It's talking about Hashem plus. Oh, that's dangerous now. Now you're getting into dangerous territory. There's no such thing as Hashem plus. There's Hashem and it should be Hashem, period. But it says, Et Hashem. Et Hashem Elohecha Tira. You must fear God. You must have a connection with God. Well, it's got to end there. Who else would the Torah want us to make a spiritual connection with? But there's an it. So the Biakiba says, I'm going to tell you. Now hold on to your seats. He says, you know what the it's coming to include? That yes, if you want to make a connection in a spiritual way, there's two ways to do it. Either you can go direct to God and connect yourself with Hashem or His messengers on earth. If you connect yourself with Sadiqim and you connect yourself with rabbis you connect, and your families are connected to religious leaders, it Hashem, that is tantamount to, to connecting yourself to God. And therefore, you get the, the benefits and the perks of attachment. Uh, that's a blockbuster of Rabbi Akiva. That he's telling you, if a person has association with Sadiqim and Tabi Achamim, this is a, 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 a question that you have to ask your children at a certain age. Who, who do you, who's your rabbi? Who do you ask questions to? Who do you, this will not only help them here, it helps them forward as well. And listen what Arugot Abosim writes in Parashat Nitzavim. He says, Ma shedebekim betzadikim. Somebody that's attached to tzaddikim uptamideh hakamim, the nechshav ki ilu ovdim Hashem yitbarak shemo. It's as if they're serving God. When you serve the servant, it's like you're serving a kadosh baruch hu himself. That's what Arugot Moshe is telling us. Do not underestimate connection to good people. But you might say to yourself, but I'm not really, you don't have to be. Here we're learning the rule of association, the rule of connection, the rule of attachment. Attach yourself to bad, you're bad. But you didn't, if a person walks into a tannery, when he leaves, he smells, even though he didn't buy anything. And when a person walks into a perfumery, 
or the perfume department in the department store, it smelled good, even though you didn't buy anything. And therefore we are influenced and affected by our environment. And therefore when a person is connected to spiritual environment, he already is drawn by magnet, by spiritual magnetism. The tzaddik brings him in. You with me? That's it. He's on the list. He comes with me. Yeah, but he wasn't such a... Yeah. But he, uh, he hung out with the right people. He hung out with the right people. And the right people were doing the right thing, even though he might not have been the most... Uh, uh, it's okay. He's, he's, part, he's part of it. Uh, to me, this is a... This is a it's a get-out-of-jail-free card almost. We're bypassing a system over here. So everybody has to adopt a tzaddik. Everybody has to adopt a, adopt a rabbi. <laughs> Not for the rabbi's sake. The rabbi doesn't need any more headaches, any more, any more members bothering him. But the people need it. It's, it's a lifesaver. It's a, it's a jacket, a life, life preserver. <clears throat> and let me tell you, I'll make it very clear. There's no pav. Pav means not here, not there. There's no pav. It's either you're associating with good or you're associating with bad. Those are the two options. There's no, no I live in Switzerland. I live in, in, in Geneva. And therefore, I don't have any, I don't have good, I don't have bad. No, 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 no. The bad is attractive. And it's gravity will automatically pull you into the, the world over here is a bad place. Do nothing and you'll get drawn into the black hole. And therefore you need to make a conscious effort not to get drawn to the bed, to bring yourself to. Now what you're doing today is a perfect example. Some of you will walk out and you'll say to yourself, I don't understand exactly what he was talking about, all the nuance, all the pesukim. So what? So what? You're here. You're here. You're not on the beach. You're not in the movies. You're not in the... You're not in the... You came. Finished. You're part of the group. When they take attendance in Shamayim, they don't know who understood, who didn't understand. No one's giving you a test. You're part of everything together. When they asked the rabbi, did she show up? Yeah, she was here. Finished. She's in. Next. 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 What? She sat and smiled. She acted nicely. She waved her head. She understood. She didn't understand. I tell the same boys when they go to yeshiva. When the young boys go to yeshiva. And they tell me, what am I going? I don't understand the shiva. Just be in a good place. Be in a good environment with the tzaddikim. So you're not the biggest learner. You're not the best lamdan. You don't have all the, you know, the, the, the thumb energy that everybody else has. It's okay. They have it. You, well, at least you're part of the group. Being part of the group of B'nai Torah, you have, a, you, you have an advantage. But they don't need me. No, no, no. You need them. That's, we know they don't need you. But you being with them, you need them. Now, and you're part of it. And whatever... Wherever the group goes, they take everybody. They don't leave anybody behind. The army doesn't leave anybody behind. You're part of it. They don't say, well, he's, uh, he's not the best soldier. Let him die. No. The rule in the army is you got to save everybody. And the same is when a person associates with the proper people, wherever the good people end up, everybody goes with them. But don't forget the other side as well. And nobody could say, well, but I was there, but I didn't do anything. But you were there. Oil and the oil is So Rabbi Akiva is giving us an advice. Et Hashem Elohechatira. Et Hashem. That et is a. You don't only need to go directly to God. 
enlist with his associates. The associates of God are the Tamidachim and the Tzaddikim. I remember even men in this great synagogue that we're in today, Oil Yaakov, the founding rabbi was my rabbi, Acham Baruch Adabashalom. I remember regular businessmen, how Acham Baruch would talk about them. Because they, they connected to him in one way or another. He would tell me stories about a man in the community, Joe Batesh, the father of Elliot and Raymond Batesh. He was a good man, regular guy, mainstream guy. Kamaruk would say, Oh, when I moved, I needed a washing machine. And he came, he put the washing machine on his shoulder and he carried it up to me. And look how favorable the rabbi was. He would talk about that story. He connected a certain way to the Tamirakam. Was this guy the first guy chewed every single day? It was not. But the rabbi, when he heard Joe Batesh's name, and then another guy with, 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 with the rabbi needed some furniture. You know, he, he needed to put his foot. He said, oh, this guy, Joe Dweck, bought me an ottoman so I could put my, uh, my feet on. What were these men doing? They weren't uh, the Lamed Bab Sadiqim. But they, they saw the rabbi in the community. And they said, ah, I got to be connected somehow to the, to the, to the I want to be part of the rabbi's uh, world. I can't be part of his communic world. I can't be part of his, uh, you know, uh, uh, world. And... Rabbi Baruch I would always tell stories about those men and ladies, I guess, as well, to the Rebetzin, that went out of their way to help the rabbi in whatever he was doing for the community. Now, even though the things that they did were not earth-shattering things, but it made an impact on them that he would consider them, he's with us, he's with us. Keshen, do you have a doubt that when Acham Baruch goes up to heaven, these people come, he said, bring them, bring them, bring them. He was with me. That's how it works. Et Hashem. There's Hashem and there's the Et. So either you get in through Hashem or through the Et. That's the way. And Hashem says, I put the Et there for a reason. And therefore, that's a, that's a, proper, uh, a, a, a proper way. A proper way. Everything's in the Torah. So I said to myself, theory, now I'm making theory. I said, what was the first example, or one of the early examples, of somebody that was in the close proximity of a Rasha and lived in very, very close proximity and knew that it was, that it was bad. And knew he had to get out. Yeah. You're right. You think, we think alike. Yaakov. Yeah. Yaakov. And it wasn't uh, on earth. It was when he was still in his mother's womb. You see, Yaakov had to share the womb with somebody. He didn't have a private room. He shared the womb with his brother, Esav. Now, when you talk about the epitome of good, you talk about Yaakov. And you talk about the epitome of bad, Esav is bad from, from, from the womb. He was a bad, a bad guy. And Yaakov now is in that. <laughs> That's why the rabbis have a question. It says, every time they passed a, she passed a bit Midrash, Rivka, when she was walking, Yaakov saw the bit Midrash and he wanted to, he wanted to get out, and he started to 
wrestled to get out. And every time they passed a, uh, a, a casino, Esab, uh, you know, bustling to get out. So the rabbi Hatam Sofer says, I, I understand why Esab wants to get out, but Yaakov is learning with an angel. When you're in your mother's womb, you're learning with an angel. So therefore, why would you want to go to a yeshiva to learn from a, a rebbe? You, you stay inside, you're learning what the, you, you have a better education in the womb. And the explanation is, yeah, but look at my neighbor. Look at my neighbor. I got, in the yeshiva, I'll have good friends. And to learn with an angel and have Esav uh, sitting on the next table, or even closer, it's not worth it. Oy l'rashav, oy Let me get out of here. Let me get rid of Esav. I don't want... So that's the first case where you really see in the tzaddikim that they recognize toxic relationship. Toxic relationship. It, 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 it is no good. Listen to something so, 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 so amazing. So Rivka has this, uh, this issue over here. So what does she do? Vatelech lidrosh et Adonai. What does it say in the Pasuk? Vatelech, she went. Lidrosh, to seek out. To seek out what? Lidrosh et Adonai. Those, those words sound familiar? Et Hashem. Where did she go? She went to the Tamid HaChamim. She went to Shem Ve'ever. How did the rabbis know that she went to Shem Ve'ever? It doesn't say that she went to Shem Ve'ever. It says, Batelech Lidrosh Et Hashem. I would have thought that she prayed. It doesn't say, Batelech Lidrosh Hashem. Batelech Lidrosh Et. Hey, and what did the Akiva teach us? The Et is coming to say that if you want to seek advice, you can go to God. Or you can go to the Et, you can go to the Tamir Acham. And she went to Shebebe, she went to the Et. But it's much deeper. What I'm going to say now, you have to be a Kabbalist. But I'm going to give you Simicha for five minutes, just so you, you, could, you could receive what I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to take it back. So now you're officially Kabbalistim. Yeah, you look different already. <laughs> How am I going to explain this to you? I, I have no way to explain it to you. Accept it. Do you know that there are nuclear neshamot, very holy neshamot, And sometimes these nuclear neshamot are held in captivity. And the tzaddikim, part of their purpose is to bring out and release these neshamot that are in spiritual captivity and to release it. By the way, don't make it so complicated. Government, someone's in jail. So you'd go and you'd do all your effort to try to release the person. It's a big mitzvah to, release, to redeem captivities, people in captive. Souls are also sometimes by the dark side, by the forces of evil. You know, they hold on to the Shemot. Kidnapping is not only on bodies, but there's kidnapping of souls. And there's Sitra Hara and all that dark forces that we don't see, but they're out there. Come to Brooklyn, you see them, but you really don't see them that much. But the point is, they hold on to these Neshamot, they hold on to them. I'm going to tell you about one of these souls that was in captivity. 
And thank God it got released. Thank God it got released. I'm going I'm to tell you about the release also. It was the soul of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva's soul actually was being held by Esav. And Rabbi Akiva's soul didn't start you know, on our side. It was a great soul. You, you blame them for taking it? I would take it also. If I was a mafia, I would also grab that soul. It's the best soul you could take. It's a treasure. It was an Esav. You want to take a guess? Where in Esav do you think the soul of Rabbi Akiva was? Which part of his body? You want to take a guess? I would have guessed the head. The heel. The heel. Incidentally, you know, how to, you know how you say heel in Hebrew? Ekev. What's the first letters of Rabbi Akiva's name? Ekev. Says the Kabbalists that in the heel of Esav, that's where he was hiding the soul of Rabbi Akiva. But I got good news. <laughs> on the way out of the womb, what did Yaakov do? What was he holding on to? The heel of Esav. Why was he holding on to the heel? He wasn't playing tackle football. Because he wanted to retrieve the soul of Rabbi Akiva. That's what he was doing. By holding on to the heel, he's bringing out the Neshama of Rabbi Akiva. You understand what's going on over here? Ah, this is, this is stunning. So when he does that, they call him Yaakov. Because in Yaakov is the name Ekev. Okay, that's fine. I, I would have called him Ekev, to be honest. I don't know where the Yud came from. That's a question for a little later. I mean, they say he was holding on to the Ekev. So call him Ekev. He said, but his name's Yaakov. I'm saying his name, his name shouldn't be Yaakov. His name should be Ekev. But okay, they put an extra yud there for good luck. I don't, I'm not worried about that. So who's responsible for saving Rabbi Akiva? Yaakov. Ladies, I know you don't go to City Hot. If you're in Panama, all the ladies go to City Hot. And in the city hot we sing, Anenu Elohe Abraham, Anenu, Anenu Ufa, Had Yitzhak, Anenu. Then we get to the third one. Anenu Abir Yaakov. I don't know what Abir Yaakov means. But all I know is if you take the letters, Abir Yaakov, and you boggle it, it spells Rabbi Akiva. Abir Yaakov. So we're hinting to us already. So somebody will ask me, Rabbi, how come we don't say, Anenu Rabbi Akiva? We do it. When you say Abir Yaakov, it's Abir Yaakov, it's Rabbi Akiva. It's all the tzaddikim. It's, it's, it's Yaakov and all, all his... Uh... That means Rabbi Akiva was redeemed by Yaakov and that's why he has... What should I say? He has a, a few similarities between Rabbi Akiva and Yaakov, besides that they share the same letters of their name. But the similarities, what was Yaakov's primary wife's name? Rahel. What was Rabbi Akiva's wife's name? Rahel. And the same wife, and the same mark. They were both committed to the, to the study of Torah. As we know, studied Torah. Rabbi Akiva was a great Rosh Hashiva, etc. 
one day we'll go through all the correlations between Rabbi Akiva and, and Yaakov Abinu. It is, it is something, something amazing. But now let's go quick. Let's go, go good over here now. Yaakov Abinu is in the womb over here and he's with this, this Esav guy. He's with Esav. I gotta get out of here. I can't be with. Yaakov knows association with, with bad is bad. I don't get caught with this guy. You get caught with him, you're guilty. Gotta get out. So I gotta take Rabbi Akiva with me. He's in there too. I gotta bring him out with me. Oh, God, I give. It's true. Keep away from bad people. And who do you associate with? Who told us that? And that's why Rivka, who also was in on bringing the soul of Rabbi Akiva out, she went she already began that derasha before Rabbi Akiva. Before Rabbi Akiva was Doresh et Hashem, which teaches us connected Sadiqim, connect with good people. Rivka already was involved with Yaakov, was involved. We're already bringing Rabbi Akiva. Not only are we bringing Rabbi Akiva, but we're bringing his Dirasha out as well. The DNA of Rabbi Akiva is happening in this story. So, Vatelech, Rivka says, Vatelech, she went Lidrosh to give a Dirasha. To give a Dirasha. What Dirasha? Et Hashem. And why now? Because now is the time we need this dirasha, where Yaakov Abinu is in a bad association. The solution to a bad association is what? And that's going to come from Rabbi Akiva, who Yaakov is involved in releasing his soul at this time. Ah, this is too much, too much to, to, to handle. Oh. What does this have to do with Elul? So I have over here a Sefer. What is it called? Igrade Kala. I don't know if you ever heard this before. You know that Yaakov and Esav, they divided everything, the two brothers, so they split everything. And they even split the calendar. Did you ever hear this talk? Yeah, it's amazing stuff. They split the calendar. Yaakov gets six months, and Esav gets six months. What does it mean? Yaakov gets to influence six months of the year the way he likes to influence it. And Esav gets six months, and he does what he wants. So they started. That's okay. Yaakov, you go first. I guess they flipped the coin. Yeah, you go first. I don't know how they did it, but he go first. So he said, I get the first three months of the year. Nisan, Iyar, Sivan. Could you get better months than those three months? Nisan is the best month. Pesach. Iyar is uh, already the Omer. We're, we're, we're linking between Pesach and, and Shavuot. Pesach Sheni we got. And Sivan is the Torah. It's back to back to back beauties. Okay, now Esav says, okay, you got three, I get three. What, is, what does he get? Tammuz. Ah, the worst month, Tammuz. Shabbat Tammuz. The terrible month. Egel, the Egel was Tammuz. Av? Oh, Shabbat Av. Mamash Esav put his venom. And Elul. 
Here we go. Here we go. Here go. Listen, 3-3. Three, three. Yaakov Abinu says, no way, no way. I'll give him Tammuz, I'll give him Av. Can't give him Elul. It's the month before Rosh Hashanah. If he's going to get this month, we don't stand a chance for Rosh Hashanah. He'll do to Elul what he did Tammuz and Av. Well, we're not going to be ready for Rosh Hashanah. Elul, we need to have preparations. Of course, Esau doesn't want to let go of it. I don't blame him. He knows, right? If I hold on to Elul, there's no Rosh Hashanah. The Jews will mess up on Rosh Hashanah and game over. Okay. Kabbalistim, listen closely. The holy books write, there's a book called Sefer Yitzira, it was written by Abraham Abinu. He says every month, in the Jewish calendar, is represented by a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Starting with the letter He. So the month of Nisan is connected the letter He. The month of Iyar is connected the letter Vav. The month of Sivan is connected Zayin. You following? He, Vav, Zayin. Tammuz and Av, Het, Tet. Elul, Yud. Oh, you're following. The letter of the month. There's a letter of the month. The student of the month, the teacher of the month, the employee of the month. Now you're learning the letter of the month. Okay, expand your brains. Accept it. The letter of the month. Somebody asked you, what's the letter of the month? Yud. How do you know? That's what the Kabbalah says. Finish. That's what it is. You learned something. Oh, says the Kabbalisti. That when Yaakov Abinu was in the womb, not only was he retrieving Rabbi Akiva, but he took something else from Esav. He took the month of Elul. And that's why they added the Yud. His name should have been Akiv. But they put the Yud in to say, Good, you got that also. That came out also. You got that also. So therefore, if you want to know what Yaakov means in our deep understanding, if somebody, what is Yaakov? Jacob. Okay, thank you. Go back to nursery and leave us alone. Leave us alone. If that's what you think Yaakov is Jacob, good luck to you. We have no time for you. But if somebody says, oh, Yaakov, Yud, Elul, Akev, Rabbi Akiva. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now I have something to talk. Now I have somebody to talk to. That's coded words for Yaakov. Yud, Akev. Yud, Ze, Elul. Akev, Ze, Rabbi Akiva. I know there's skeptics amongst you. You say, what do you mean? They're, they're fighting for the month of Elul? What kind of business is over here? We never saw that. It's not written in the text anywhere. But I'll show it to you. It's in the text. Just you didn't see it. You remember when Esau finally has, like Yaakov has the final meeting with, with Yaakov? They have the meeting. They meet after many years with the 400 soldiers and the uh, scary moment. Uh, Esau wants to kill Yaakov and they have a confrontation. Okay, everything works out. They make peace. They make peace. Right at the end, what does the Pasuk come along and say? Esav makes a pitch. Bayomer. Esav's talking. Let's travel. 
We will travel Lenegdecha together. Equal. Okay. Vayomer Elav. So he answers back. Uh, the last thing Yaakov wants to do is travel with Esav. He couldn't wait to get out of the womb. <laughs> Why is Esav called Esav? Anybody know? I know. The Midrash says, of course, he was born ready-made. He was born mature. He had hair and a beard. I don't know. He was a, this guy's a, he's an adult. He was born an adult. I don't know. He had hair all over his body. He looked like a, you know, he wasn't a premature. He was post-mature, too mature. And uh, who knows what the doctor said when this guy came out. He's a, already came out, he didn't have the nurse. Already he's eating a hamburger when he came out. He's already, he has teeth. He was born, uh, and they say he was called Esav because he was Asui. I know Asui means he was made. So the Kabbalists say, wait, if he's Asui, why do they call him Esav? It's missing a Yud. That's the Yud of Elul that was in Esav. And the Yud of Asui, which was the last letter of Esav, went to Yaakov. So that you see already how he took the Yud from Esav. He was supposed to be named Asui. Made. But he called Esav, because we got the Yud back. Now let's continue the story. I didn't want to forget that. Anyway, the Torah says, Esav says, let's travel together. So what does what he tell Esav? Adoni, my master. You know, children are young. I have so much flock and sheep. If I'm going to travel with you, the pace is going to be too fast. And I'm not going to be able to hold up. You, you go ahead. And I'll, I'll travel at my own pace. He basically gets out of it. You go ahead of me and I'll, I'll catch up. You know, start without me. Says the Kabbalists. Whenever the tzaddikim talk, it looks like they're talking to the person in front of them. But they choose their words because they're actually talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because, I mean, it would be very hard to understand that Yaakov is going to call Esav Adoni, my master. So they say he used that word because actually he was referring to Hashem. What happened? At this point, Esav says, listen, we made peace, but there's one more thing that we got to fix over here. You took Elul. You took Elul. I want it back. So he comes home and says, We have to be equal. It's not equal. You took seven months, I got five. Yaakov understood that this might have been the most dangerous moment. If he's going to take Elul from the Jewish people, we're not going to have a, 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 a chance for Rosh Hashanah. Yaakov makes a prayer to God. You Jewish people, they're weak, they're influenced, they're, 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 they're very, very, uh, 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 they're limited, they're, they're, they're gentle, they're fragile, they're impressionable. All the sheep, all, all your sheep will die if we don't have Elul. So this is what he says. 
you, you go ahead, he tells him. Now watch this. Va'ani, and regarding me, listen to these words. Itnahala, it's Aleph. Le'iti is a lamid. Le'regel is a lamid. Va'ani, itnahala, le'iti, le'regel. Vav, Aleph, lamid, lamid, it's a shetimot elul. And I will go my own pace. He encoded in those four words, four words that have the acronym Elul. So you see, what was he telling God? He couldn't tell it to Esav straightly. He said, please, we need Elul. We need Elul. So the Pasuk says, fine. His name remained Esav. He didn't get back to Yud. <laughs> Esav goes home. He's not Asui. Yaakov, and it says in the book, V'Yaakov nasa sukota. And Yaakov, he kept it, he failed, and Elu belongs to us. So now let's just finish it up and have one more presentation to make. So if you'd ask me, if you'd ask me, Rabbi Akiva taught us a great lesson here today. You are who you associate with. Associate with bad people, you're bad. Even though you didn't do too much, it's enough that you subscribed. The third witness is just as bad as the first two, even though they didn't need him. It's called guilty through association. That's the Akiva. But the same Rabbi Akiva said, you're innocent through association as well. And he was the one that said, Et Hashem. Et Hashem. You can connect to God through the Et. Through his associates, through the Sadiqim, through the Achamim. And that dirasha of Et Hashem, Et Lerabot, the Et is coming to include. The Et is coming to include. That's the way Rabbi Akiva said it. Et Lerabot. The Et is coming to include. What is it coming to include? Tabid Achamim, Sadiqim. And who was the first one to bring that down into the world? Rivka, Vatelech Lidrosh, when she went. I believe that that's a great lesson for Elul. The month that Yaakov Abinu retrieved from Esav, the lesson of Elul is you must move away from Esav. You must connect yourself to Tzaddikim. Elul is Nashetevot. Et lerabot vatelech lidrosh. Elul, et lerabot, that's the Tamid al-Khamim. And where did that dirasha come from? Vatelech lidrosh, from Rivka. And more importantly, you know what Elul stands for? Oi la rasha veoi lishcheno. Woe to the rasha and woe to his neighbor. And that all happened in the womb. Yaakov Abinu says, the world is a very toxic place, and if we don't take Elul back in top possession, forget about it. It'll be over. Elul cannot be the neighbor of Tishri, if it belongs to Esav. It'll ruin our Tishri, and therefore we have to have, we have to have a protection. And therefore he negotiated the Yud, and he took it to his side. And this is a great preparation that we must make for ourselves. We must review our, our, uh, exactly the people that we are 
connected to, we must, uh, uh, our ilk, our society. Uh, and it's most important to include in our society and in our life, and the tzaddikim know exactly who's connected to them. They know, and is appreciated as I brought from my rabbi. He, he remembered anybody that ever had any interaction in a positive way to help him to make his life Better, even if it wasn't in the learning. These people that he mentioned, the guy with the, with the, with, with, with the washing machine, and that, they didn't learn with him. They I don't think they ever learned with him. But the rabbi considered them as special people. And, this is, and that specialness is to their advantage now. Because the nitfal nitvar mitzvah, they're serving the et. And if you serve the et, God says that's like serving God. And therefore, you have a, it doesn't, it doesn't exempt you from the mitzvot. So I'm funny with the rabbi, therefore I could uh, you know, ride a horse on Shabbat. No, 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 no. Don't think you have an easy pass now to, to, to get away with murder because you, because you bought the rabbi uh, a bottle of uh, whiskey. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not so easy. But making the best effort on our part and then connecting to the, to the tzaddikim, to the ed, and that's the two lessons of Elul. Oy la rasha ve oy and more importantly, the derashav. Et le rabot, vatelech le drosh. We'll stop over here.